I hope you've all been blessed like I have. I mean, I, I, I know I, I've said this before, I could, I could just go home now. I've been so blessed. And all God's people said, Amen, right? <laughs> you would like that, but uh, we, we don't know all there is about our future, but we know some things. And even though we look at it through a glass darkly, we can look at what uh, some of the things that God has planned for us in the future. And yes, through the month of September, we're kind of just focusing on heaven. Uh, Not a lot of new things you're going to hear, but I'm hoping, my prayer is, that you might be thinking more about heaven because of these messages. I spent a couple days with uh, uh, some businessmen here in in Brainerd, and and, um, we talked a lot about heaven. And there is a lot about heaven we know and a lot about heaven we don't know and some about heaven or a lot about heaven that we kind of know about but we might be, we probably, we will be surprised when we get there. But it will be a pleasant surprise. I'd like you to turn to Revelation chapter 13. As I grew up, there were certain things that gave me expectations. One of the things, as you see from the, the uh, title of the message, Heaven Homemade, was when somebody would say, uh, would you like some chicken noodle soup? It's homemade. And what they were saying is, this is really good. Or would you like a piece of pie? It's homemade. It meant it was, it's going to be delicious, no matter what kind it is. It is good. Homemade, uh, of course, you know, uh, got homemade bread. See, in my mind, that's a good connotation. It's a good memory for me. Wow, I remember uh, that mom used to make some things. When she would make bread, she would take some of it and pull it off, dough gobs, and put it in boiling grease and... Real grease, good grease. <laughs> That's why I, every now and then you'll see me scraping my arteries just to keep the blood flowing from all of that grease I had when I was a kid. And uh, she would put that in there and, and put three or four or five in this kettle of grease. And, and then she would pull them out with tongs and drop them into a paper bag. And, and the bag had sugar in it. And she would shake the bag up and... And she had dumped the contents of the bag out on a plate, and, and that was, it was homemade. It, she called them scones, but th- that's not really what they were. They're dough gobs that tasted really good. And because they were homemade, homemade is good. Uh, even though now some of you say, well, you know, that trailer looks like it was homemade. Uh, that's maybe not a good sign. But usually, and at least when it comes to my thinking, uh, I want homemade to be something that is good because heaven is going to be a home made for us in glory, homemade. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. The master carpenter is going to prepare a place for you. The master creator who created everything we see around us and we see that it 
was good. Now, there is much that has been distorted because of the fall or the sin of mankind, and, and I believe that mosquitoes are one of those things, but they're just about taken care of now. I mean, a few cold nights, and, and pretty soon we will not have to worry about that. But Satan does not want us to see that heaven is good. How do I know that? Well, I know that Satan is a, a liar and the father of lies because Jesus said that. But I also, John writes the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ and in Revelation 13, verse 6, listen to what uh, is said about Satan. Satan opened his mouth, Revelation 13, verse 6, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. You see what he's doing here? He is blaspheming or he is slandering three things here. He is slandering God, his name, his character, and we see that going on all around us today, more so than ever, a slander of God's name, a a cursing of God's name that is taking place. And then he slanders or blasphemes his tabernacle. His tabernacle is his dwelling, so he, his place. So he blasphemes God's person. He blasphemes God's place, his heaven. And so he blasphemes, he, he distorts, he slanders what I am looking forward to. And I know he's doing that, and he's going to do all he can to get me to downplay heaven in my mind and you as well. He doesn't want us to see heaven as it really is. He doesn't want us to see heaven as what Jesus intended it for it to be, for his bride, a special place, a romantic place for us. And he's mad at the last part, and and he's mad at them that dwell in heaven. So he's mad at believers, the people that are taking his place. And so uh, we see why, you know, he was forcibly cast out of heaven. So he's mad at God. Uh, he, he no longer gets to reside there. We, get to, we will get to reside there, and some of our loved ones are already there, residing there. And, uh, and he's angry with us upon this earth because we're looking forward to that day to get there. It's a matter of sour grapes. There's a, a race that is run or used to be run in the spring. Uh, this year it might they said it was the last time. It's called Sour Grapes in the Arb. Half marathon, and, and uh, this might have been the last year for it. But the way it got its name was that those that signed up for or sent in registrations for Grandma's Marathon, they didn't get in because of the, the process there. Uh, they, their name wasn't drawn, or they weren't early enough or something, and so they didn't get to go run that, so they... They started a race here called Sour Grapes, and the, the, the name fit, and uh, I hope that somebody picks that race up again, and I think someone maybe even in our running group will do that in the future, but uh, Satan is, is sour grapes to him. He, uh, 
he doesn't get to enjoy heaven like we do. And so uh, I, I want us to see this morning that, that heaven is our eternal home that we haven't yet been to. It's our eternal home and homemade for us, just for us. It's prepared by Jesus himself. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. It's not far from Revelation. Just head back towards the first front of the Bible a little bit. You'll find Hebrews, find chapter 11. Abraham, in this passage, is looking for a home he had never been to. Now, how can you say that? How can you call something you've never been to home? There's a, there's a reason behind that. And we can call heaven our home. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And they were persuaded of them. Even though they're seeing it afar off, they, they believe in them and they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. They're looking at something, if you think about it, they're looking at something at a distance and they're saying, that's for me. That's where I'm going. That's where I want to be. The stuff around me is just uh, something I have to go through until I can reach my home here. We are strangers and pilgrims on earth. I hope that that phrase catches your attention and holds it so that you realize we, this is not our home. We just are passing through. There is more. The, the, the real thing is out there. And it might be at a distance, especially if you're younger. But it is there. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. We're looking for a country. We're looking for a home. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. If, uh, if they really loved that country, they could go back to it. Uh, Israel could have gone back. In fact, they were crying for it. And Moses said, take your, your eyes off of Egypt and look forward to the promised land. Now, promise, the promised land was still a, a battle on earth to, to take it and capture it. But for us, we're looking for the promised land in glory. Uh, we don't want to go back, I hope. And I, I know that those that have died from our own church family here would not want to come back if they had the opportunity. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He has prepared for us a city. So what makes heaven homemade? Or what makes it homey? What makes it home for us? Well, in this passage, it was familiar to them. Even though they had never been there, it was familiar. They could see it afar off. And they were persuaded, this is what I want. Uh, it was familiar 
to them. We, uh, when I was going into fifth grade, we moved in that summer, we moved from a little town in Wyoming to up through Yellowstone Park to, uh, and through West Yellowstone and went further up to a little town called Sheridan. Before we left, mom and dad had gone there and they spent some time with a couple families there. And when they came back, they said, this is what it is like. And I remember sitting there as they described uh, Sheridan, Montana. Wow, Wyoming and the little town we were, it's, it's, uh, it had some mountains, but mostly a sagebrush there. But when you go into Montana, and there was, the mountains were steeper, and, and there were rivers and, and streams, and, and they described uh, Sheridan. And I remember the first time we pulled into Sheridan. Before we got there, Mom and Dad had said, and we can even uh, have a, a pick up people in this little town called Luray. And it's only 10 miles away, and it's just down the valley, and... Uh, you kids can maybe work and help and, and get gather other kids to come. And, and before we got to Sheridan, we went through Luray, and then I knew, okay, home is just up the road, 10 miles, just up the road. But we got there, and it was just like coming home to that little place. Heaven was familiar. Sheridan was familiar because I'd heard about it. I had learned about it. I, I wanted, I desired it at that time. Heaven is familiar. Heaven is family and friends. Uh, otherwise, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we looked at that last week, would have been no comfort to the, the uh, family, the church family there that said, our parents are dying and they're falling asleep is, is what it was. And he says, don't worry about those that fall asleep because you're going to see them again in the future. That's going to be home. When you get to be with your family and your friends. Well, some say, well, you're going to go there and you're, you're not going to know anybody. It's going to be, uh, you know, just a boring time. No, it's going to be family and friends loving them. Uh, some people say you get to heaven, it's going to be gender neutral. No, no that's, that's today's idea. Now, when... Uh, when Mary Magdalene saw Jesus in the garden, she and Jesus had been resurrected from the grave, and she looked at him, and she didn't have to guess that he was a man or not. She said, sir, sir, what have you done with the body of my friend? See, it's not going to be gender neutral. Yes, it says that we will become we will be like the angels and that we'll not marry uh, in there. But that doesn't mean we'll not have close personal relationships with those that we love the most upon this earth. I believe strongly that we will have, uh, even as Jesus had strong relationships with those that he worked with and even talked to uh, as he made appearances on this earth in the Old Testament and talking with Moses and talking with Elijah, and seeing those there. So, uh, heaven is a fit. Heaven is familiar. It's family and friends. It's a fit. Uh, we have a house that we, 
we, Cindy designed it with Heather, and, and it fits us. We designed it to entertain. This is what we want. Now, as we get older, we say, well, we don't need this much of a house right now, but when we have guests, it is a fit for us. It fits what we feel our ministry is here. It fits. We're made specifically for us. I love to look at aquariums, going to the nursing homes, and go to Bethany and, and see the aquariums. And, and I can sit there if I'm waiting for a person to, to, to get so that I can go in and visit with them. I'll watch and look at the aquarium. In the aquarium, I see all these beautiful fish. But it's not really a, a good fit. And not since we went to Cozumel and we started snorkeling down there. And thinking back at the times when we first began to snorkel and we put our face down in the water and we scoot out a little bit and we see all these beautiful fish. I mean, it, the, the, that's a fit right there. All of these fish. And wherever you go, you see all of these beautiful fish. They, they fit. They don't fit in the aquarium. Heaven is made just for us, even as the oceans were made just for those fish. It is a fit for them. Heaven is fondness, things that we remember fondly. I don't think we even use that word much today, but it means memories that are comfortable for us. You have comfortable memories. You have uh, comfortable living. You will leave here and you will go home and you will get comfortable. For me, it's to put on a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt so I'm warm and can go and lay down on the couch. <laughs> and I don't want anybody, you know, if you, if you look through, don't, if you come to the door, don't look through the window. You'll see, see me laid out on the couch because that's, that's I, I, I fit there. I, I'm comfortable there. It is a, a place of fondness for me a place I want to be. Heaven is a place I want to be. And recently, this year, I, uh, as I watched a good friend live out his last day um, and, and saying to him, I wish I could take your place, and there was a lot of truth in that. But that would have been very selfish for me to say, I wish I could take your place now that you're at the end of your suffering. Because he had gone through some months of suffering. But it's a place I want to be. Heaven is a place of fondness. It's with people I want to spend time with. You know, that's... You, you don't mind going to a party if it's people that you... Who's going to be there? Well, your friend and this friend, this friend. Ah, that's going to be great. Uh, it's, it's people you want to be with. So you think of it with fondness, heaven. There are going to be people there. Uh, the old story about the, the uh, two uh, Sunday afternoon, they, they 
two paddle boats were going out onto the river and there were going to be a party. One paddle boat was going out and there was going to be a Sunday school picnic. The other paddle boat was going out and it was a casino. And so uh, two men got their tickets, they got there late, and they came running down the, to the dock and each man jumped on a different boat. The problem is that they got their boats mixed up. Both of them were miserable. The Sunday school teacher was miserable on the casino. The gambler was miserable with the Sunday school picnic. No, the heaven is a place you, you want to go there because there are people you relate to. And, uh, and so that should encourage us. Yeah, that's where we're going, a uh, place where you're comfortable, where friends come to visit. A place, Cindy and I like to sit in the, in the backyard and... and have our, our chairs that, I think Andrew Ranweiler made these chairs years ago, and so we sit in these Adirondack chairs there by the fire pit, and we watch the flames go up, and we can sit there and, and watch the sparks go until it finally starts to get a little dark, you know, a place that we, we can reflect, we can meditate, we don't even have to talk, we can just sit there and and sit there together um, where we can read. We love to read. Heaven is good food. How do I know? Because there's going to be banquets there and feasts there. And Jesus talks about these banquets and these feasts. And, I, and I'm looking forward to that. They'll be calorie-free, I'm sure. Calorie-free. It's not going to be fattening. We get to eat. Uh, maybe we don't have to eat, but maybe we get to eat, but maybe we do need to eat when we are there. They're talking and laughing, that's what heaven is, a place where we can really enjoy it. I mean, with uh, little grandkids, it's fun to just sit there and listen to them play and laugh and, and giggle, and, and, uh, and I go on I, I share jokes with some people, and they're dumb jokes. They're, they're dad jokes, and that's what the site is on the uh, computer, dad jokes, and there are 60, and, and I go through and pick out the ones that I get, and some that I don't get, and I tell those jokes. And the one, I, the first couple times I told this joke, they didn't get it. And so I was embarrassed. And then now I think it's funny just because I finally figured it out. <laughs> it took a long time. But uh, uh, what is E.T. short for? Because he has little bitty legs. It took me a long time to figure that out. And so, uh, and some other joke, some, somebody got it maybe. Um, but there will be joke. There will be fun times in heaven. Uh, there will be children in heaven. Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of, of such is the kingdom of heaven. I don't know all of the logistics or how it all works out, and and what age everybody's going to be. I don't. I don't know that. But uh, I believe there will be children in heaven because of such is the kingdom of heaven. Giggling granddaughters, you know, that's, that's gonna, that, that delights me. Heaven is fondness. Heaven is 
fun. Okay, Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. Delight. It's like coming home after some gathering or something, and, and we'll come and we'll sit down and we'll get comfortable and sit down there and we'll say, now that was fun. That was fun. That's heaven. It was fun. There's a saying that says you can never go home again. And what they mean is that while you're gone, home changes, I understand that, and you change. But we can go home for the very first time. And uh, for believers, if you're not a believer, then you're not going to go there. And it is going to be a terrible time for you. And that's why I hope that you're thinking about heaven. Even if you're not a believer, I'm hoping you're thinking, is heaven real? Is there such a place? Because there is such a place. And uh, you'll have a home there that will never be swept away with a hurricane. Never be destroyed by fire or the flooding that takes place and you hear about so often. So we try to imagine heaven the best that we can with the limited teaching that we get from God's Word. And I, I read this in, in that uh, book, uh, With Eternity in View, I think, the one I showed you last Sunday. Um, this is the way it goes. An illustration. Imagine a set of twins having a discussion in their mother's womb. You know, one says, there's a whole world out there. Grassy meadows, snowy mountains, splashing streams, waterfalls, horses and dogs and cats and whales and giraffes. There are skyscrapers and cities and people like us, only much bigger, playing games like football and baseball and volleyball and going to the beach. Are you crazy? The other twin responded. That's just wishful thinking. Everybody knows there's no life after birth. And that's kind of what a lot of people, Satan wants us to believe. There's no life after death. Well, there is. Heaven is an actual place. Just closing with this. It's an actual place. It was traveled from and to by Jesus Christ. An actual place. Uh, angels travel. Satan and his angels cast out of. Elijah went up in a whirlwind to an actual place. Paul, but as we mentioned last Sunday, though he doesn't say it himself, he says, There's, I know a man. And whether in the body or out of the body, he couldn't tell because it was such a unique experience. Uh, what, what body was he in even? But he went to heaven, and John went to heaven, an actual place. Where, where is it? Well, we, we are given some indication, but we won't, uh, we'll look at that next week. I'm just praying that you might be thinking about heaven. If you're thinking about I know somebody says he's so heavenly-minded, he's no earthly good. I don't think that that is possible. I think if you're heavenly-minded, you're going to do what God wants you to do on this earth. And that is to spread the gospel, Matthew 28. Share Jesus Christ with those around us. 
uh, a lay-up treasure in heaven. And how do we do that? And we'll look at that before the month is over too. But think about heaven this week, okay? And if you're not ready to go there, why not? Is it because you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ to save you? Or maybe you're not ready even though you placed your faith in Christ because you love this earth too much. Why aren't you desiring heaven? That should be a desire we have in our hearts. Let's pray. Father, I know there are many things, many attractions upon this earth that appeal to our flesh today. And yet we know that what you prepared for us is far better, far better than anything we can experience here on this earth. Thank you for your word and the insights that we can receive about heaven. Lord, might we think about you and think about the place you have provided, you are making for us even at this time. Might we think about that this week, please, and be drawn closer to you. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.